You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni of Fantrax HQ and Blake Sullivan of Roto Ballers. What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Hot Take Podcast. My name is Stephen Taroni, joined by me. As always, Blake Sullivan. Blake, we're getting into the playoffs, baby. You ready for this? Yeah, I mean, some people are getting into the playoffs. Others aren't. But, uh, <laughs> you, you know, it's tough. Total points, tiebreaker got me. But, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, own the pettiness at this point. You know what? Because you had a good team. Uh, you know, I thought that – because, like, Tevin Coleman was your guy coming in, right? Like, that was your yeah. guy. And yeah, then you just didn't have enough. You know, Matt Stafford – wasn't a very good solid backup for me, so kind of had to dig a little deeper, got Jameis Winston. Kind of worked out, but just wasn't enough in the end. Yeah, I mean, when Devontae Freeman went down, the first thing I thought was, oh, wow, you know, Blake's going to have something here um, with Tevin Coleman, and it just didn't pan out. You know, he's playing the Packers this week, and, you know, he could have a good game, but I, I'm so reluctant to start him anywhere. Yeah, this will probably be the week that he does have a breakout week against right. my Packers, but – uh, you know, I was – he was consistent, uh, which I thought he would be, but I thought he'd have a little bit more upside than he did. He was usually just hovering around that 10-point mark every game. Right. Uh, and I really needed one of those 20-point games. He only put up one of those for me. Uh, and then James White was another guy, you know, started off great, but down the stretch there, it just wasn't enough. Hey, we got a great show for you today. Um, we're going to get into some streamers um, at the running back, wide receiver position this week that you can start. We have to make some tough decisions in week 14 with who to start. We want to help you out with that um, because there's guys like Doug Baldwin that you might want to bench for some of these other receivers that we have uh, to mention. Um, we're going to get into some QBs and defenses that you can start going into the playoffs. Look, we're just looking at their playoff schedule, and we want to see who has some good matchups, um, and then we'll finish it up with our hot bowl prediction. So real quick – Blake, where can everybody find the show? Yeah, we're all over, guys. You know, check us out on the FSGN.com, Fantasy Sports Gaming Network. Always on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio. You name it, you can find us there, Google Play. Uh, also, sometimes we'll be up on Rotoballer.com, so be sure to check us out over there as well. You know, I was just checking out iHeartRadio. They, they give out awards. They give out podcast awards. Did you know that? Well, yeah, I just got the – just got the invite to the awards show. <laughs> Dude, send me uh, forward that to me because I uh, must have hit my spam. I don't know. I didn't get that one. Ah, uh, that must be. <laughs> um, well, you know, I was thinking next next year it's going to be our year. We got to go for that. Yeah, I mean, we got some solid uh, solid followers, so just keep that support going, and we'll do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, maybe we'll start a hashtag or something like you know something like week eight, we'll start that going and try to really push for it. That'd be, that'd be cool. I think we would get some uh, support for that too. <laughs> yeah, man, let's do it. So let's get into some of these streamers. So we got the news today. Uh, it actually just was made official because all the speculation was that Emmanuel Sanders uh, at the end of practice today tore his Achilles and just got the official notification that it is in fact a torn Achilles for Emmanuel Sanders. Really tough for the Broncos, who are surging right now. I mean, this is their, you know, I guess it's their second best offensive weapon because I really want to give Philip Lindsay the credit, but obviously Emmanuel Sanders is their number one wide receiver, so this really hurts the Broncos moving forward. But it really helps another guy. Blake, let's talk about Cortland Sutton here moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I was really high on Cortland Sutton this year anyway, and he's been very consistent going Going through this season, uh, he's been putting up solid numbers. You know, he's another guy that's always around that 10-point mark. He's going to get receptions, 60 or 70 yards. And then if he throws in one of those touchdowns, um, you're going to have a really good game out of him. But the thing I'm looking at is even with Phillip Lindsay getting the amount of carries he's getting and as successful as he has been, you got to look at the amount of receptions that Emmanuel Sanders was bringing in, you know, averaging five or six a game you're going to have to be giving those to one or two guys, in my opinion, and that's going to be uh, Cortland Sutton or Deshaun Hamilton. 
Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders, obviously working out of the slot often. And so we have uh, Sutton, who's going to be on the outside. Now, he was working uh, exclusively with Sanders in two receiver packages. Um, And so, yeah, you're right about Sanders. You know, week seven, six receptions, four receptions, six receptions, four, seven, four. So, you know, consistent. Now he's gone. So, yeah, these targets have to get dispersed somehow. Cortland Sutton is a is a great receiver. Um, I think he's going to be an established star in this league in a few years. We're going to talk, be talking about him as you know a second or third round draft pick in fantasy football. That's how I, high I am on Cortland Sutton. But right now, I think that you know the the opposing uh, defensive backs are going to be able to handle Sutton right now. And I'm looking at Deshaun Hamilton as a guy that Case Keenum can kind of target. So I was just looking at this. I had no idea. Uh, last week, Deshaun Hamilton, 80% of, tar- of uh, snaps. So that, that was a little weird. He actually out-snapped Emmanuel Sanders. So 80% of snaps uh, Deshaun Hamilton was in on last week. So that was kind of a weird thing. Blake, do, do you look into that? The week before, 51%. And so I think he's definitely going to be the next man up and potentially be out there for all of two wide receiver sets. Yeah, I think he's definitely got to be out of out there on the field, and he's really talented. So uh, it's gonna be he's gonna be a guy that Case Keenum is gonna want to be looking for. Uh, I noticed you picked him up in our league, so uh, congrats to you for beating me to that. Uh, I still think Cortland Sutton's gonna be the favorite there, though. He's just been too established so far. Hamilton just hasn't found that role yet, but he's on the field. He's gonna get the ball soon, and especially with Sanders gone. Great matchup at San Francisco. Look for him to have a pretty good week too. Yeah, he still <laughs> didn't catch a ball last week despite being on out there for 80% of snaps. But it's process of elimination at this point. Cortland Sutton is a great play this week, and I think that you can flex him over a lot of guys, um, you know, especially against – who are they playing? Uh, San Francisco? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, wh- where would you put him? Would, do you have him as a wide receiver too this week, Cortland Sutton? Uh I don't know if I'm quite going to put him in wide receiver two. He's definitely a wide receiver three for me, no doubt. I think that's where his floor is at, at 10 points. You can have him as a wide receiver three with that floor. Uh, He definitely has upside to be a high-end wide receiver two, I think. But with the way Phillip Lindsay's been playing and Case Keenum hasn't been exactly great, I I wouldn't really want to put him in that wide receiver two category just yet. Yeah, if he was attached to a different quarterback, if it was if it was uh, Hamilton and Sutton attached to a different quarterback, I think we'd be a lot more excited. We definitely have to temper the expectations, but no doubt that the opportunity is there for both players. Um, and speaking of opportunity, it was announced that James Conner, it was actually a sprained ankle, despite what Tomlin uh, announced that saying it was a contusion. Turns out it is a, an ankle sprain for James Conner. He is going to miss week 14. So we got Jalen Samuels. We got Stephen Ridley. Now, you know, we can't really believe Tomlin now, but he did say it's going to be a running back by committee. So both of these guys are going to get work. So Samuels and Ridley, I think the odds on favorite is Samuels. Uh, Blake, can you play Stephen Ridley? Yeah, I think it'd be more of a DFS play if you did play him, but he's definitely got some value there. He's going to be cheap on any DFS format. Uh, and the thing I'm looking at is he can receive the ball pretty well. So if they choose to use him in a role like that, I think he could fit in just fine. But I, I wouldn't expect anything outstanding from him this week. Right. And on the other side of that coin, you would flex Jalen Samuels. Is that correct? Yeah, I think if I had to choose between the two, I'd definitely be going with Jalen Samuels. I think he's going to get more of that volume share. I think he's going to be the first guy that they go to. I could be wrong there, but I think he'll he'll definitely be the guy that uh, – they're going to try to put out there first. I think he's got the better touchdown upside. But honestly, I'm not real high on either of these guys. I think that, you know, playing Oakland this week at Oakland, I just think the Steelers are going to be able to throw the ball way too much. Uh, They're going to be trying to hit Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster. And I think that defense of theirs is pretty good. Oakland's going to be able to put up quite a few points. I think Derek Carr is going to have a good game. So hopefully that'll mean Big Ben stays on the field and they keep it close but I just really don't expect them to run the ball too much. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing like a similar game script to last week with the Chiefs. You know, it's in Oakland, and they're playing a high-powered offense. 
they were able to keep up with the Chiefs, actually. They scored 33 points. Derek Carr scored 33 points. Um, the Steelers' defense isn't that great either. So the, both of those t- uh, defenses, you know, they have poor secondaries and a decent uh, defensive front. So I think it's going to be a similar game script. Uh, so I agree with you. I think they're going to be passing a lot. I'm really jealous of these Yahoo users that have Jalen Samuels as a tight end. Yeah, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, if I could have him as a tight end, I'd love it. Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, we're, he would be like my tight end three. <laughs> like, yeah, easily. Um, so Justin Jackson has a good opportunity this week. Uh, Gordon did not practice today. Melvin Gordon of the Chargers did not practice today. So I'm looking at Justin Jackson. I'm, I'm ranking him ahead of Austin Eckler at this point. I, he had enough juice to me to finish that game that they're going to use him more early on. And I love Justin Jackson against the Bengals this week. Yeah, and Eckler just wasn't that successful last week. He had a hard time getting anything going. And it seemed like a lot of times when he did get the ball, it was one or two yards. And sometimes he was even getting caught behind the line of scrimmage. That offense trying to win. Uh, they got to do some things to try to lock up that division. But, man, I think they're going to have to lean on Jackson this week. I really look for Phillip Rivers to be throwing a lot to Keenan Allen. So that's not going to leave a whole lot of room for Austin Eckler. I think I also am going to have Justin Jackson ahead of him this week. Not crazy high on either guy, uh, just because I think – I think uh, Jackson especially is going to be a little bit higher owned this week, especially in DFS. But yeah. if I'm in a regular season league, of course, I'm going to be starting Justin Jackson probably as my flex. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, you, you know who Justin Jackson reminds me of? Philip Lindsay. Yeah. You know, I, and I thought that watching the game last night. It's like quick twitch, like, you know, um, almost like a really good version of Doug Martin, like inside like stocky enough but just really fast and you know the the lateral movement for him was was jumped off the uh the film to me so they're playing Cincinnati and we know Philip Lindsay just lit them up uh so I I think very highly of Justin Jackson this week because he came out kind of like as a pass catching specialist so you know he had one catch for 19 yards uh if they use him more earlier on in this game he could get really good work in the passing game so I'm excited about Justin Jackson. Another guy who could be used in the passing game is Jeff Wilson Jr. I didn't really know about Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, until uh, Matt Burita went down and he was the only guy out there for the 49ers. The work that he got last week is very encouraging. He had 15, 15 rushes for 61 yards. Uh, and he also had eight receptions for 73 yards. That's where the bulk of his production came from. Blake with the clutch stats yeah the eight catches for thir- or for 73 yards I mean that really jumps off uh, the the page right there so I you know you got to start Jeff Wilson Jr. Um, this week because Matt Burita has already been ruled out um, so Blake I just want to see how you're feeling about this Wilson Jr. or Justin Jackson uh, that's really tough but I think given the matchup I'm going to go with Justin Jackson Wilson Jr. is going to be going up against Denver. And, you know, as a pass catching back, it's not as big of an issue. Right. Because uh, you, you can get out, um, chip block or whatever, and then, you know, turn around and the ball's right there for you. But uh, so I think that's really going to open up a lot of lanes for Justin Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm with you. I just haven't seen enough of Wilson yet to really buy into it. He's had the one big game, and he definitely had a lot of opportunity, but I'm just not sold yet. Yeah, both guys, you know, obviously small sample size. So, if you know, I think going off the matchup is, is the right thing to do there because Jackson, I think, can be used in the passing game, can be used, you know, could hit a big play easily against this Bengals defense that is, you know, record-breakingly bad. Um, and we just saw Phillip Lindsay do the same thing. So, definitely going Jackson there for the upside. But I think Wilson Jr. is a good floor play. Um, and a great option for you this week, especially if you're, you're hurting at that flex spot. Or even an RB2. I honestly think that Jeff Wilson could be spotted in the RB2 in a half-point PPR league. Um, and I think you could feel good about like 8 to 10 points as a floor there. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. 
Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. So let's go into our QBs and defenses this week. Blake, why don't you lead us off with a couple of these defenses that we want to stream going into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of good defenses, actually. You know, you get into the end of the season, a lot of these defenses fly under the radar because people don't check them. Uh, they're not looking to stream defenses. They just roll with what they have week in and week out. But we've actually got a lot of good options. And the first option I want to talk about is the New York Giants. Okay, 5.9% owned. You're yeah, going to no be able to get them in almost every league. They have Washington, Tennessee, and Indianapolis. Indy might be a tough matchup in week 16. You might not want them for that week. But they're going to have Mark Sanchez in week 14. And in week 15, they're going to have Marcus Mariota. I don't expect either of those offenses to put up a ton of points, which will help you. And I also could see both of those quarterbacks with a couple of turnovers. Yeah, the Giants' defense is, like, the biggest example of how bad Eli is, in my opinion. Like, what I'm saying is I think the Giants' defense isn't that bad when you look at their players. Like, they have great players, in my opinion. Um, and they just can never do enough with Eli Manning, you know, three and outs and punts and all this. You know, I think that last week they really capitalized playing Chase Daniel, a backup quarterback. Um, they scored the touchdown. And they had five sacks. So they were really, you know, they got going for that game for whatever reason. I think because they kind of smelled blood. Uh, I think they're going to smell blood this week against Mark Sanchez, who really looked uncomfortable in his action last week. I know that, you know, he's going to have a week to prepare. So that's going to be a lot better for Mark Sanchez. But I still think that, uh, that New York has a couple players that can uh, capitalize on that matchup. Yeah, Landon Collins is down for this week, so that's one thing to take into consideration. But I don't think it's going to hurt them enough that they're going to give up a ton of points to either of those offenses. Yeah, so another one I'm liking is the Buffalo Bills. They've got the Jets and the Lions in week 14 and 15. Again, it's not a great week 16 matchup. They have New England on the road. Uh, we know how Tom Brady does against the Bills. But I'm looking at these first two games. I don't expect anything crazy from either of those offenses. And Detroit's been pretty bad lately, especially if Carrion Johnson and Marvin Jones are both out. There's not going to be a lot of weapons for Matt Stafford. He's been taking a lot of sacks, and he's been turning the ball over quite a bit. This has been by far his worst year of his career, so definitely a target in Week 15. Yeah, I love that. I actually just picked up the Rams in, uh, in a 10-team league, the league that we're in, the Brodown. So I thought that was weird. They were on, I think what happened is there was a bye. So they were dropped, and then I just kind of picked them up. But, uh, you know, they have the, uh, the Bears this week, which isn't – you know, that's not a great, great matchup with, uh, with Mitch Trubisky. But, you know, remember, he's still a young player, and this Rams defense is ridiculous. When you talk about Aaron Donald, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters, Mark Barron, um, Dante Fowler now. So, you know, they play the Cardinals in Week 16, which is just a great matchup with uh, Josh Rosen. So if they're out there for whatever reason – and another good Week 16 matchup that I want to talk about is the Browns. So the Browns, you know, aren't really thought of as a good defense, but I think that they can do a lot for you in Week 16 against Jeff Driscoll. I think that the Browns are pretty good at home. It's a big uh, increase or boost in their defense at home. And, you know, I really like Baker Mayfield for that reason, who we're going to talk about um, a little later. So another week 16 play could be the Cowboys. Blake, I want to see what your opinion is on this. So we know that Jameis Winston, you know, is prone to throw interceptions. So that's just an accident waiting to happen. It's a touchdown waiting to happen. And the Cowboys defense has been really good. So they're going to be at home against Tampa Bay week 16. Would you play them uh, in like a championship scenario? Yeah, I think it depends on your scoring settings a little bit too. Uh, I'm in some leagues where your points against don't actually matter. So you could give up 40 points right. to an opposing offense. But as long as, as long as your defense gets interceptions and sacks, you get points for that. In that case, definitely. They'd be one of my favorite defenses to start that week. Winston's going to not only throw some interceptions, but he's going to take a lot of sacks because he'll get out of the pocket, but he's, he stays there a little bit too long. He tries to extend plays, and it doesn't always work out for him. 
Uh, so I would definitely be starting them. I'd be a little bit more cautious if you have uh, a lot of penalties uh, basically against you for giving up points. It might be something I would fade. Yeah. But I have, I have a Week 16 matchup that I'm really loving, and that's the Miami Dolphins. They've been flying under the radar, but they've had a couple of huge games. They had 25 points against the Jets uh, uh, and also 12.5 against the Jets earlier on in the year. Some of these worst offenses, uh, like Buffalo and Tennessee, they've had 9.5 and 13 points against, so they're pretty solid. They're going to have Jacksonville at home. They can make a statement in this game. You don't know who's going to be quarterback right now for that game. You don't know who all is going to be playing, but what we do know is Jacksonville has been awful on offense these last couple of weeks, really the whole year. Yeah. And if something happens with Fournette not being in there, uh, he's got a couple of weeks left. You know, he could be injured or whatever. If Fournette's in, I might not like the matchup as much. But if Fournette's out, I think it's a must start uh, for the Miami Dolphins. So let's talk about some of these quarterbacks. I love Baker Mayfield this week. Uh, you know, Denver could be interesting in week 15, but you might want to take them out because it's at Denver. But at home against Carolina week 14, I think Baker Mayfield is a QB1 locked and loaded this week. So you're starting Baker Mayfield because the Carolina defense has been atrocious. Uh, they're allowing a lot of touchdowns to the wide receiver position. So I'm thinking Jarvis and Antonio Callaway are going to have good games. Uh, he loves to find Rashad Higgins in the end zone. You know, and Joku's still there. You know, I, I just think that they can really take advantage of a Carolina team that is really down right now, both on offense and defense. And then week 16, championship week against Cincinnati. Well, what did he just do against the Bengals? 258 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. So you got to love that at home against Cincinnati in week 16 yeah baker's gonna wake up feeling dangerous that week oh it's incredible and you know he could really win championships this year for uh for people who you know were gonna be anybody not named the browns yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) you know but if you if you held on to baker you're gonna be rewarded in week 16 uh, unless you're me, <laughs> I still have Baker, but I'm not gonna. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. I'll drop him for you. No, I'm just kidding. I can't do that. Oh man, you could have been playing Baker instead of Matthew Stafford this whole time. Oh yeah, I mean, it would have been. I never played Stafford. He just rode my bench. <laughs> oh right, because you had Brady as well. That's right. Yeah, it was pretty rough. But Derek Carr's guy, I really like, and I know he's flying under the weather because. Oh excuse. Me. <laughs> Uh, we got to cut that. Okay. Did you hear what I said? Flying under the weather. <laughs> yes. I don't know what that means. But I, like it. I, just, I meant I was, flying under the radar. I was just, I was riding with it, man. Flying under the I weather. I meant flying under the radar, but I don't know why I said under the weather. I don't know. I kind of want to leave it, bro. <laughs> oh, oh man. Hold on. I need a drink. <laughs> That's great. Hey, we should keep some of these cuts and make bloopers. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I we'll, have to do, we'll have to do that next year. I saved a whole um, kind of like two to three minutes of us BSing with uh, Nate Hamilton. So that could definitely be in there. Yeah, dude, we should have a blooper, a blooper episode sometime. I bet people would love that. Dude, that's a funny idea. I could splice all of our bloopers together. <laughs> Me calling them the 49ers. Or I mean the, the Giants, San Francisco Giants. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this over again. So one guy I really like is Derek Carr. And I know he's flying under the radar this week because he's at 10.7% owned. Mm. He's got Pittsburgh, Cincy, and Denver. And I doubt you're in one of those leagues that has Week 17 matchups, but I know they're out there. And if you do have one of those leagues, Week 17, he's at Kansas City. So for most people, obviously, that's not going to matter. But I know there are some leagues that do that. Uh, So that's definitely something to think about. But these next two weeks, Pittsburgh's – might not be a great matchup because it's a tougher defense, but he's going to have to throw the ball a lot to keep up with Pittsburgh. And if you look at it, he's been pretty successful the last the last couple of weeks. He hasn't looked that bad. And I think he's reached a point where, you know, you got to move on. What's done's done. You know you're rebuilding now. Try to get something going for next year so that when you come in next year, you're not starting from ground zero. You've already got, you know, Find something with Jordy Nelson. He's already found a good 
connection with Jared Cook. Just try to grow on that for next year. And I think that's what he's going to do. I don't expect them to run the ball a whole lot with Richard. They're just not going to be able to do that and keep up with Pittsburgh. So you might as well fire him up. And then against Cincinnati, that could be a shootout, a garbage time shootout the whole game. Yeah, certainly. Uh, I think their car can be played. Uh, he's definitely scary to play. Um, you know, he definitely can lay, you know, in week nine, week 10, barely 10 fantasy points, week 12, 11. Um, so I think that the game script is definitely telling at Cincinnati. I love, and yeah, I could see in week 17, you know, uh, the chiefs not playing like their players just in case, you know, they were, you know, they wanted to to sit their players if they had nothing on the line, which the chargers, like you brought up last week are going to push them. Uh, so we'll see actually at that point, but if they were in a situation where they were going to sit, I think Derek Carr would have a field day (laughs) and he would win a lot of people, uh, some money that week. Um, so I want to talk about Dak Prescott also because he's on a lot of waiver wires and he, like I mentioned earlier, the Cowboys play Tampa Bay week 16. That's a great matchup. You really want to, uh, you know, you don't want Dak Prescott on the waiver wire, uh, for someone else to grab for that matchup. I think a lot of people, especially in 12 team leagues stream the quarterback. So Dak Prescott and uh, in week 15 at Indianapolis, uh, you know, I look at that as a game where he could try to keep up with, uh, with Andrew Luck. Uh, so that could be also a good matchup. And then week 14 coming up here, uh, Philadelphia. So all of those games, I, I think Dak Prescott is playable in all three of those games. Look at Dak over his last five games since the bye week. He's averaging 25 to 26 points a game. Yeah. Doesn't have a whole lot of touchdowns, but his yardage is up like crazy. He has 243, 270, 208, 289, and 248. You know, that's not a lot, but he's also a running quarterback, so he's putting up stats on the ground too. Uh, Not as much, but he gets rushing touchdowns on the ground. But through the air, now having Amari Cooper, I think it's just opened up that offense so much more. He's seeing things that he hadn't seen before. He's got new options because the defense has to respect his receivers for once. Really good for Dak, and yeah, his matchup, he's got Indy in week 15, too. I think that could be a huge game for him. So, definitely, he's a a much smarter option than Derek Carr, who I think their ceilings are similar. Yes. But if you look at Dak, he's going to be getting you 20 points pretty much guaranteed. Even if he doesn't have a great game, he's going to protect the ball. He's going to get you 20 fantasy points. Or maybe you're in a spot where you just really need to win to move on to the next week, and he could put up solid fantasy numbers for you so you move on. Yeah, that's going to be one of my favorite DFS plays in week 16 against Tampa Bay. But, you know, five rushing touchdowns in his last seven games. Um, so that's pretty indicative of, um, of how they use Dak Prescott in Dallas because at the goal line, they like to use him in that situation uh, to run the ball out of a uh, RPO situation or what have you. So love that Dak Prescott next few weeks. I also like Michael Gallup, and I think a lot of people aren't thinking about Michael Gallup anymore. But, you know, we liked him when we thought that he was going to be the number one receiver in Dallas. And now he is most definitely the number two with Amari Cooper coming in and uh, presenting that sort of wide receiver one uh, capability for Dak Prescott. But Gallup is coming off of his best game of the season, by my standards. Uh, five catches for 76 yards and was really involved in the offense. Um, he had seven targets in this game. You know, he had the one big touchdown in week seven that made it his best fantasy game of the season. But five uh, catches on seven targets. And w- him being the number two receiver, I think, really helps. So I really like Michael Gallup going forward. And we just talked about the schedule. Philadelphia decimated at uh, the cornerback. Week 15 at Indy is a doable matchup. They're usually giving up points to the second receiver specifically. Um, And then, of course, week 16 against Tampa Bay. So Michael Gallup can be a guy that you could play um, and you can actually flex. That would be a risky flex this week. But I think by the time week 16 comes around, we'll be talking about Gallup in in a flex situation. Yeah, another guy I'm liking is Jordy Nelson. I don't think many people are touching him. Obviously, he's seeing a lot of snaps, but he's not getting a lot of targets. I think that's going to have to change here soon. Like I said, they're going to be trying to get something going for next year. And Jordy looked pretty good in that last game. Uh, I think maybe it's helped him some that he's not catching a lot of balls, not taking some of those big hits like he would have in Green Bay. 
and it's about 40 degrees warmer there right now this time of year. So it's definitely something I like for Jordy as far as extending him down the rest of the season. Uh, like I said, I think Derek Carr is going to heat up, so that could be a good matchup there with those two combined for the last three weeks. Yeah, Jordy Nelson was out there for over 90% of snaps uh, last week, and he is in there because you know there's really no one else at the wide receiver position for this team. Uh, everyone is gone. You have Seth Roberts, Jordy Nelson, and uh, what's his name, Marcel Aitman, who is like a bigger receiver. But Jordy is going to be out there as long as he's healthy. Of course, there's injury risk with Jordy Nelson. We've seen him leave games. But I think this game script is going to be just like last week with the Pittsburgh Steelers team. So I think that you know, 11 targets last week caught 10 of those balls for 97 yards. So what that tells me is he's being used a lot. Derek Carr is just going to pass the ball. I think in Oakland, it's going to be the same sort of situation with the Steelers. So Jordy definitely can, can give you some points. He also has four touchdowns this season, and he had four straight games with a touchdown earlier this year. So we already know that Derek Carr likes to throw to Jordy Nelson. Um, I, I think he's a great play this week. Um, that would be a tough in your, re, in your redraft leagues. He's a great DFS play. I think in deeper – leagues you might have the option i got a couple uh people on twitter asking me questions and i was uh, found myself saying jordy nelson uh it was between jordy and zay jones um i mean like would you play zay jones or would you play jordy nelson i mean zay jones has been pretty good lately uh that'd be really tough for me not to take zay jones but jordy nelson's got a lot more upside i don't know what their prices are on FanDuel or DraftKings right off the top of my head but i would think they'd be somewhat similar I'd probably end up just going with the cheaper of the two uh, just so I could pay up elsewhere. But I think both guys would definitely be worthwhile for at least this week, if not for the next three weeks. Yeah. I want to talk about some of these uh, handcuff running backs. What I like about a handcuff running back is standalone value. So Rashad Penny has looking pretty good. He's coming off one of his best games of the season. Uh, might argue it is his best game of the year. Seven carries. 65 yards in that touchdown um, so not a lot of volume and of course against a weaker 49ers defense um, has Minnesota coming up isn't the best matchup but week 15 at San Francisco who he just torched and then week 16 against Kansas City so those are good matchups right there and you can use him potentially in those games even if Chris Carson's on the field Chris Carson's dealing with a, uh, a, a finger injury I believe and he is going to start uh, week 14 but I mean if he bangs that thing up or if he gets hurt Rashad Penny is the handcuff and he already has standalone value um, another one of those guys is Giovanni Bernard and then uh, Rex Burkhead Blake do you think that Rex Burkhead is going to challenge um, Sony Michelle right now um, for touches because he had he had nine touches last week so do you think he'll challenge Sony Michelle for like splitting work um, you know, obviously we have James White included too. So it's, is this just going to be a three-headed monster for the rest, rest of the season? Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it's necessarily going to be like a quote challenge. I think it's going to be one of those nagging challenges where he's not going to come in and take half of his workload, but he's going to come in and take 30% of it so that you don't know from week to week if he's going to take 15% or 45. Um, you know, he's just going to take a chunk of it that's just going to hurt uh, both White and Michelle's value just enough so yeah. that it makes it not enticing. And then every week, one of those three guys is going to have a big game, but you're never going to know which one it's going to be. So it sounds like you're not big on Burkhead. I think Burkhead is actually playable against Miami this week. Oh, no, he's definitely playable. Uh, I think he can have a big game, and I think the touchdown upside's there but I don't think he's going to come in and just totally take over Michelle's role or White's role. And I don't know that he's going to get enough of both to be a solid option. He's definitely a flex option, but I don't think I'm going to be slotting him in at running back. And then James Devlin was the one who scored two touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. And just add him in there and then Tom Brady will get a sneak over the goal line. Yeah. You know, he's trying to get to 2000 rushing yards now. I think that James White is safe, but I worry about Sony Michelle with those sort of vultures because without a touchdown, Michelle is, you know, it's a tough play. I, I love the talent of Michelle, but, you know, the situation is just way too jumbled up. So 
Curtis Samuel is available in league still. And we kind of saw Cam Newton target Samuel a lot this week uh, in deep routes, um, in digs, slants, all sorts of ways that he was targeting Curtis Samuel in a week where we thought that, you know, it would be DJ Moore as the guy. Um, so six receptions for 88 yards last week against Tampa Bay. Of course, that was a great matchup. Um, but I think that you can play Curtis Samuel moving forward. Uh, you know, if you're an Emmanuel Sanders owner and you couldn't quite get Cortland Sutton, I think uh, Curtis Samuel is a great play in in most formats. Um, at Cleveland, uh, in the situation where I think that the Panthers are going to have to throw, I don't think they're going to want to throw, but they might have to. And then, of course, week 15 and 16, New Orleans and Atlanta. So both of those are, are startable games for for Curtis Samuel. Absolutely. And there's no Greg Olson to throw to. So that's another eight to 10 targets. They're going to have to go somewhere. Uh, probably half of those will go to Christian McCaffrey. And then you're going to split up the rest with Samuel and more probably. Yeah. Uh, what is your temperature gauge on Dante Pettis right now? Are you buying into him? Well, I bought in last week and got a cool 25 points from him. Hey. I don't know that I'm going to stick with him every week. It was kind of just a streaming option for me last week. But, I mean, he's definitely got a huge upside. And I don't know what the injury reports are this week for San Francisco. I haven't looked. But the matchup's a little bit more tough this week, so I'm not as high on him. But yeah. he's definitely worth a stash, especially in Dynasty. Uh, if you're in a Dynasty keeper team, definitely stash him now if you still can. Uh, he's, he could have a lot of upside to come, especially with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo coming back next year. Most definitely. He's a great uh, – yeah, if you can get him right now in Dynasty because what I'm looking at with Denver, with Chris Harris going down for the year, uh, he's obviously a slot corner, and that's where Dante Pettis works out of. So they might have a problem again with, uh, with Dante Pettis, and you know, I think Nick Mullins is going to look for this guy. Um, and then he plays week in, – in week 15, he plays Seattle again, who he just absolutely destroyed with five catches, 129 yards, and two touchdowns. So could be a fun two weeks for Dante Pettis, uh, the way I'm looking at that. I think that he's a great DFS play. Uh, he's still relatively cheap. In redraft leagues, you're going to have to make that decision. Who do you want to start? You know, if it's between Jordy Nelson, I might play Dante Pettis for that upside. I mean, you can't play scared in fantasy football. Um, and why wouldn't the 49ers use Dante Pettis again? Yeah, I think Pettis might actually have a safer floor than Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Uh, definitely depends on Goodwin and Garcon, how their uh, injuries come about. I mean, if both yes. those guys come back, that's going to cut into Pettis quite a bit. But Most definitely. Given his production after the last couple of weeks, it could definitely have a huge week. Yeah, another quarterback. And, you know, we mentioned a couple earlier, but this is definitely a deeper play. Um, and I love Josh Allen in like two quarterback leagues. This guy has been unbelievable. 99 rushing yards in week 13. I'm sorry, week, week 12, and then last week, week 13, 135 rushing yards. Can he really sustain this you know, against Detroit in week, or uh, against the Jets in week 14? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely somebody I'm looking to start in DFS. I have him in some lineups. Definitely a good play in DFS. Yeah. I, in redraft leagues, I'm a little bit more cautious. I had somebody today ask me if they should fade. Jared Goff, who plays the Bears this week, and um, wow. Russell Wilson. And I and said, man. Josh Allen over one of those guys? Yeah, I said, man, I, I don't know. That's really tough. Uh, obviously, the matchup's going to be a little bit harder for Jared Goff is the only reason I would consider that going up against the Bears. But their secondary is not that great. Uh, and in Seattle, I think Russell Wilson always provides you a pretty safe floor. But, man, it was, it was really tough for me not to say start Josh Allen. Uh, I kind of, I kind of just told him, you know, hey, it depends on what you're doing. If if it looks like you're you're going up against a good team where you might be down and you need Josh Allen to put up points, go ahead and do it. Uh, but if you're just looking for a safe play, you might just want to take Jared Goff. He's going to get some touchdowns against the Bears, and I think the Bears could put up some points against them. I don't expect them to do anything crazy, uh, especially with the Rams' defense being pretty good, but. Josh Allen's definitely appealing for that upside this week. Yeah, I'm definitely worried about Jared Goff at Chicago week 14, like you mentioned. Um, so at Detroit last week, the one touchdown, you know, I think that he, he definitely misses Cooper Cup. Um, 
you know, that's his guy in there. So, you know, when he's not in there, it's a little scrambled for him. But I think week 15, he's safe. Uh, and then at Arizona week 16, that, that could be a tough one too on the road. So, uh, yeah, Jared Goff, you know, that's tough. But Josh Allen, can you really do that in this situation? That would be really tough to do that. Um, I think I would look elsewhere. I think, you know, I would see who else is on the waiver wire. Like I would play – like would you play Baker Mayfield against Carolina or would you play Josh Allen this week? Uh, I'd definitely play Baker over Josh Allen, no doubt. What about Derek Carr? Ooh. I think I would go with Josh Allen over Derek Carr. But that would be a close one. Yeah, I think I definitely would too. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's do another one with Josh Allen. Well, what about Lamar Jackson? Let's say Lamar Jackson plays. Uh, Ooh, I mean, Lamar Jackson has such a safe floor. I think I would have to take Lamar Jackson. They're going to have to score. That defense is not that great. I think I'd have to take Lamar Jackson there. And then one more here, Case Keenum at San Francisco. Josh Allen. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling that. I think I agree with everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. no, no weapons for uh, for Case Keenum there, and Philip Lindsay's going to take over that game, I would think. Even Royce Freeman will get quite a few carries probably. Yeah. Um, I want to mention a couple running backs here. Chase Edmonds, two touchdowns last week. Uh, he was completely outstapped, of course, by David Johnson. Uh, but, you know, two touchdowns is something that I look at, and they – wanted to feed him in the red zone like that's what I was noticing uh they gave it to him multiple times gave him multiple chances for him to score when he was like I think there was a penalty uh he scored once and there was a penalty it got called back and they rewarded him still after that and made sure that he got into the end zone uh that's something I noticed and it's the end of the season you know what did the Cardinals have to play for Chase Edmonds is an interesting guy to me and of course if anything happens to David Johnson he's the next guy up well, and they might not even want to play David Johnson that much. Yeah, I know. I mean, right? you, look at, you look at last year, he got, got rested up. And if they could rest him up again this year, he'd still be a really fresh young back that doesn't have that many miles on his legs. Uh, they'll definitely play in their favor, I think, if they're trying to rebuild. Yeah. Yeah, Edmonds, you know, after this week, we'd be talking about as a guy that, you know, you want to add right now. Uh, and then Ty Montgomery is interesting. I hesitate to say this, but, you know, Gus Edwards is definitely their bruiser inside. But with with Lamar Jackson, especially with the matchups that we have coming up um, at Kansas City, Tampa Bay, at uh, Chargers, Ty Montgomery can be used. So he had five catches, 42 yards. I think they're going to want to use Ty Montgomery in that role. They just traded for him. Uh, he's getting used to the system. So I, I think they can use Ty Mo. And if anything were to happen to Gus Edwards, who has dealt with ankle injuries and has gotten a lot of work, uh, Ty Montgomery would be the next guy up there. Uh, potentially Kenneth Dixon. Are you, who are you looking at as the handcuff there, Blake? I think it would be Ty Montgomery just because of the – I think the RPO with Lamar Jackson would be a little bit more appealing with Ty Montgomery. Right. But I'm not really going to look to play him at all. Uh, he just scares me a little bit too much. Yeah, up, upside's definitely there, no doubt. Yeah, and if Gus Edwards were to go down, he would definitely be more appealing. Um, and if Joe Flacco comes back, you're still safe with that because check down Flacco will find Ty McCumbry often. Blake, anything you want to cover before we move on to the bold prediction? Let's get it. I have two bold predictions today, so let's move Ooh. on to it. Yeah, I added one to the show, Doc. Not, not necessarily fantasy-related, but just kind of an extra reach, like extra bold prediction. So, I like it. Hit me with them. So I'll do my first one, and I'll let you go, and I'll come back to the hottest one. <laughs> Sounds good. So my lukewarm take – actually, this is still a pretty hot take because it's, yeah, it's kind of yeah. out there. Yeah. I'm going to say that Randall Cobb will have the most value in DFS at the wide receiver position this week. It's only $5,000 on FanDuel. That's going to allow you to pay up almost everywhere else. If you want to pay up for running backs, get Phillip Lindsay and Todd Gurley and then go and take like a Devontae Adams uh, at, at wide receiver. Yeah, you might want to take Devontae Adams and Randall Cobb this week. Packers have nothing to lose now. They're out of the playoffs. They might as well throw the ball. Randall Cobb has been a guy that's been in Green Bay for a long time. He's a veteran guy. Had a lot of injuries this year. Hasn't really been able to do much since week one where he put up like 145 yards and a touchdown. 
Yeah. I think he could easily have another one of those games where he just breaks out. You know, he, he's such a veteran. He's always had good hands. If they can get him in motion on some of those end-around plays and get him in on some screen passes, he's going to have a good game. He's going to feast against that Atlanta defense. And the nice thing about Randall Cobb is it only takes one catch for him to, you know, break 30 or 40 yards for a touchdown, and you're going to have great value at 5,000. So, you know, if he can put up five or six receptions, which I think is likely because they're going to try to get him into a groove going into next year. Because right now this receiving core is good. They're young. They're talented. But it's just not good enough for Aaron Rodgers. They need Devontae Adams and another stud receiver, and they're going to have to try to get Randall Cobb back to being somewhat of a stud. Yeah, if you're in a 12-team league and you've been holding on to Randall Cobb, who's been injured, uh, I think this is a week to play him. You know, uh, you can flex him. I, you know, I think at this point you want to try to get three running backs in there. But Randall Cobb could definitely break out this week, so I love that. I'm trying to pull up real quick uh, how many snaps he was in last week, but he got three catches for 25 yards. You know, that's not that great. But I think that, you know, Aaron Rodgers is glad to have somebody like Randall Cobb back. Uh, they're going to want to get him involved in his second game back from that injury. So he was involved in 80% of snaps last week, obviously on the field. Um, I think that increases this week, and I think he'll be used a lot. So that, that's a great call. I think that uh, he's going to have a good comeback game and that you can actually flex him this week in a, in a week where, you know, if, it's, if Randall Cobb is, is listed as healthy and I got Doug Baldwin, I, I might play Randall Cobb over him. Yeah, the upside's just there so much more. And the nice thing with Cobb, the nice thing with Cobb, especially in DFS, he's going to be very low owned. Nobody's going to be looking to him as their receivers. They're going to go with Devontae Adams if they go with a Green Bay receiver. But with Mike McCarthy being fired, they're going to try to do something spicy with this offense. If they don't do something creative, Randall Cobb might not have a very good game. But I think they're going to try to get him in motion, do something unique. Uh, and I think Aaron Rodgers is basically just going to run the offense himself this week. I right. saw a report saying that um, – which this is kind of – I don't know, take this how you want to because every quarterback does audibles, you know, when they get out there and see the defense. But they were basically saying that, you know, Aaron Rodgers would just change the play calls because he didn't like what Mike McCarthy was calling. Uh, so I really expect him to just kind of take over this game and basically let him run the offense like he needs to do. And they're going to have to dial up something crazy. And why don't you go on your, your next uh, hot bowl prediction here? Because this, this is interesting. I, I think that people want to start talking about this guy. Yeah, this is definitely something, especially in Dynasty, that you want to look at. Because with Kareem Hunt being gone in Kansas City, Sharkandrick West is back. I don't think he's going to be a great fantasy option this week. So I'm not condoning you starting him or anything like that. I don't want you to lose your – fantasy matchups because I said start Shark Andrick West. Uh, this is kind of just me putting it out there that he's a great stash. If something is to happen to Spencer Ware, Shark Andrick West is a guy that's already been in that Kansas City offense before. He knows a lot of the playbook with Andy Reid. And I, I even like it more now with Patrick Mahomes than I did when Alex Smith was there because he can catch a lot of balls out of the backfield. Uh, he's pretty successful. Not quite as successful as Spencer where he averages about three yards less per catch. But I think it could be a huge game for Sharkandrick West if they get into some garbage time and they don't want Spencer Ware out there because if Spencer Ware gets hurt, they're down to their third string running back and they're not going to want to do that for the playoffs. Yeah, so West replaces Damian Williams right away. Would you, would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I think he has to just – kind of based on his status, his veteran role right. uh, over the last couple of years when he's been on Kansas City. Obviously, he hasn't really been there this year. But I would think that he would come into the organization. You already know your coaches. You know most of your teammates. That's got to speak for itself. Yeah, and then so Damian Williams last week, seven, uh, seven touches, uh, didn't do much with them. And I think maybe that's what they're looking at is they want that pass-catching uh, sort of guy that Chark Kendrick West is. So uh, by week 15, week 16, we could be talking about West in a more uh, established role. And I look at Jeff Wilson Jr. last week against Seattle, who uh, Kansas City will play in week 16, championship week. So Jeff Wilson Jr. just had those eight catches for 74 yards. Um, 
you give me the pass catching running back with Patrick Mahomes, I want that guy on my fantasy team. So we might be talking about Charkandrick West in a couple weeks. Uh, but another guy who we're going to be talking about, I'm pretty confident in next week as a guy who, you know, if Melvin Gordon continues to uh, miss time, Justin Jackson is a great play and he's a great play this week. I'm saying that he's going to be an RB one this week. Uh, it's still a hot bowl prediction. I'm not saying that that's guaranteed. That's not where I have him ranked. Um, I have him ranked as a back end running back two, about running back 17 this week. So by all means, don't think of him as an RB one, but against Cincinnati, I really think that he has potential for that big play. I think they're going to be up in this game, the chargers, and they're going to want to see what they have in Justin Jackson. So that could mean potential, uh, you know, extended work and it could be, uh, very good for him uh, as far as how the Chargers value him moving forward because I think they're finding something in Justin Jackson that they weren't quite sure they had. Yeah, even if Melvin Gordon comes back, that actually might make him a sneaky DFS play. He wouldn't have nearly the value as he would in your regular leagues, so I wouldn't start him in. But even in DFS, if Melvin Gordon comes back, I don't expect him to get a full workload right away. And if we see this week Justin Jackson out carry Austin Eckler, definitely going to be something to look at because Jackson's ownership would go down considerably. Yeah. And, you know, we've been thinking about Austin Eckler as, you know, a playable option all season in that role. So if Justin Jackson all of a sudden takes that role, uh, you know, we can be talking about him in a, with standalone value. All right, everybody, good luck this week in your fantasy playoffs. Uh, good luck in the fan going forward with fantasy championships. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you can listen to podcasts. Uh, on behalf of Blake Sullivan, my name is Stephen Taroni, and we will see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening to The Hot Take Podcast. Check out Fantrax HQ and Rotoballer for your fantasy sports news and analysis. Follow the guys on Twitter at Stephen underscore Taroni and at Blake Sullivan FF. See ya!